0: We are going through a series called Snapshots in the Life of Jesus and uh, Matt started us off looking at the whole thing of of Jesus and his life of partnership and and we've had another couple of occasions to look at some other snapshots as well. But have you ever noticed how there are some pretty bewildering accounts in the Gospels? As we read through the Bible and as as you read through... Um, some of the different stories of Jesus' life, there's just some things that you think, what on earth is going on here? Including this one. Along comes a sincere foreign woman who seeks Jesus' help. At first, Jesus ignores her. Then Jesus exhibits racist, insensitive response to her suffering and He publicly insults her. And while he does finally heal her daughter, it's only after the mother demonstrates a willingness to be humiliated and belittled by Jesus, which begs the question, what on earth is going on? Well, if you have your Bibles with you, I'd invite you to open them to Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 to 28. This account is also recorded by Mark in Mark chapter 7 verses 24 to 30 and we'll draw in a few strands of information from Mark's account as well. And it's important to remember that while Mark was not one of the 12 disciples of Jesus, one of the, that 12 that was called by Jesus, um, he, he probably did mix with some of the disciples and he kind of did hang out with Jesus on the fringes, actually one suggestion is, if you know the Gospels, you'll probably know about one of the occasions where Jesus is in Gethsemane and he's praying and the Roman soldiers come to arrest him and there's this one young guy that gets grabbed by one of the soldiers and he sheds off his clothes and he goes stark as he's a streaker, he bolts through the bush um, for fear of his life Well, there is reason to suspect that this is actually Mark that um, we read about um, in the Gospels and it's Mark's account. And and he hung out a fair bit with Peter and so we believe that a lot of Mark's account of other aspects of Jesus' life is drawn from Peter. Matthew, the Gospel that we're actually looking at today, on the other hand, was one of the Twelve Disciples. He spoke fluent Greek and was an eyewitness to the very events that we're looking at today. So today we will look three times at Matthew chapter 15 verses 21 to 28. Each time we're going to look at it from a different perspective and see what God might be saying to us and any potential conversion that needs to take place in our understanding, in our behaviour. So let's take a few minutes before we get into God's Word to invite God to speak to us today in this time. Let's pray. Jesus, as we turn on our apps on our phones, as we switch on our tablets, as we open our Bibles and flick through the pages to find our place in your Word today, may your Word also find a place in our lives. We ask you, we invite you, Holy Spirit, To not only brood among us, but deep within us. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, deep to deep. Reveal in us anything that you want to bring forth and to speak life into. God, this is your time and we invite you to do your work, your business with us today. Amen. Matthew. Chapter 15, 21 to 28. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him, pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, Son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave no reply, not even a word. Then the disciples urged him to send her away, tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Living in the region of Tyre and Sidon, it was a major trading port of the East Mediterranean coastline and that meant that it was a melting pot of culture. This woman, a Canaanite, she was educated in the Greek language. In fact, it is the only reference to a Canaanite in the entire New Testament. Matthew is undoubtedly making a cultural point of distinction. Around a year and a half earlier, people travelled the 100-kilometre journey from Tyre and Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee to hear and experience for themselves Jesus the Miracle Man and his band of followers. Now Jesus and his disciples have reached this woman's homeland where she lived with her daughter. According to Clementine literature written before 400 A.D., this woman is referred to with the name of Justa and her daughter Benice. Her daughter was possessed by a demon that tormented her severely. For too long she had cared for her daughter and for too long the burden of seeing her daughter suffer in such a terrible way had worn this loving mother down to the very limits of her capacity. Strung out desperate she hears word that Jesus the miracle man is in the area traveling with his band of students coming towards the healer she crosses across strict gender and cultural barriers this mum cries out and keeps on crying out at a distance with unquenchable desperation pleading to Jesus She commences with a traditional cry of a beggar. Have mercy on me. A beggar would start to cry out to those passing by with those sorts of words. Have mercy on me. She continues, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. With the cry of those words, this mum reveals that a conversion has already taken place in her understanding of who Jesus is. It's already at work in her life. Lord, while understood as similar in meaning to the term sir, from this Canaanite's lips, she recognises that Jesus is at least a social, even if not a spiritual superior to her. This immediately is confirmed by the thoroughly Jewish term the messianic reference of son of david a conversion at least in part has taken place in this mother's life she comes to jesus and and not just having some respect for a foreign exorcist she comes to jesus with a belief that he is a divine agent in whom at least there is a hint that jesus has the messianic qualities of God's chosen one. Jesus' lack of acknowledgement fails to deter this desperate mother suffering deeply from carer's fatigue. The disciples, bothered by her incessant begging, want her sent away. Jesus turns to the mum with a rebuff. I was sent only to God's lost sheep. The people of Israel. Now, rather than being deterred, this carer is all the more determined. Coming now over to Jesus, she falls at his feet, and with raw emotion and out of sheer desperation, out of her lips comes the cry from the very depths of her soul Lord, help me. This messianic agent of God's hope and healing responds with measured force it isn't right to take food from children and throw it to the dogs Jesus is clear on his purpose and mission she is a dog albeit a little dog put firmly in her place this is the place that she willingly accepts to the Jews she is exactly that she is a dog racial superiority was practiced by all nations in Jesus' day. She had no right to ask, no justification or reason to be the recipient of such an act of mercy. She has done nothing to earn such a gesture, such a concern from a superior foreigner. But yet, But yet in her pain, out of the depths of the love that she has for her daughter, she is not prepared to let the hope of healing pass her by without a fight. So with a mix of wit and humility and faith, she responds, that's true, but Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath the master's table. In essence, she's saying, you're right. To you, I am nothing more than an unworthy little dog. But you are right also to have your focus on your own people. But as a little dog, don't you have just a little crumb of mercy for me, for my tortured little girl? Breakthrough. Jesus' response is all that she hoped for. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great, your request is granted. And on her return home, she found her daughter healed, lying quietly in bed. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away, tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed instantly, instantly healed. It was the spring moving into summer of 29 AD and for the last almost two years the disciples had been with Jesus. They could see the demands of the people and the constant conflict with the Pharisees. It was all just getting to Jesus. Their master seemed to be carrying a greater weight now Calling them over to him, Jesus indicated that it was time for them to have a spring-come-summer break from the crowds, just to get away for a little while. They began their journey that would have taken several days to a week. North, west, over the mountain range, they for some time would be leaving Galilee and their homes behind. And I think there might be a map on the screen. There we go. They were going off to where they would hopefully have a better chance to escape the crowds and the constant demands. They were going to Tyre and Sidon, beyond the Jewish territory, even beyond the the boundaries, the borders of those half-caste Samaritans. They were going deep into foreign territory, the land teeming with Gentiles. Josephus, the Jewish historian, described those living in Tyre and Sidon as notoriously our bitterest of enemies. It seemed as if no sooner had they set their foot on foreign soil that they discovered that they could not escape Jesus' reputation. It's like he's a sick magnet. He just seems to attract sick people and their snivelling parents wherever He goes, here comes one now. Oh no, and this one's a whiner. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Good on you, Jesus. Ignore her. How dare she approach you, even try to talk with you, trying to keep their emotions under wraps. They can't help but think, how dare this worthless woman try to converse with our rabbi? Doesn't she know that when in public, rabbis won't even talk to members of their own family, the female members of their own family? But rather than getting the hint, this pest of a woman really starts bugging the disciples. Finally, they can't take her broken Greek and Aramaic babbling anymore. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Give her what she wants. Don't give her what she wants. We don't care. Just get rid of her. She's really bothering us. She's so needy. She's so whiny. Jesus stops what he's doing and turns to her. I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Good answer, Jesus, they thought. You're ours, not theirs. When you were sent sent us out on our mission, you were clear that we needed to stick to our own kind. There were so many lost ones in Israel, God's chosen people. Why waste a precious healing on this foreign scum? <coughs> She must be thick. Maybe she wants to feel the back of a hand. How dare she approach you, Jesus? What? More whining, more begging. It isn't right to take the food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Great response, Jesus, the disciples thought. That's exactly what she is. She's a four legged scavenger trying to take what is rightfully ours. This unclean thing is just a step above a pig. Hopefully she knows where she stands, yet better, where she crawls. What? She must really be a sucker for punishment. How dare she answer back our teacher? That's true, Lord. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Well, at least she recognizes her place. But rather than further mockery, Jesus shows mercy. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. What? Why? How come? I don't get it. I thought we were on the same page, Jesus. What's so special about this dog? They were decidedly uncomfortable. But would the disciples remain decidedly unconverted in their attitude and actions? Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, That's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Jesus, fully God, is fully human as well. Thirsty, hungry, tired. After giving so much, after facing such criticism from the Pharisees, Jesus just wanted some time out with those that were closest to him. He didn't want others to know where he was going. He didn't want others to know where he was staying. So after almost two years of ministry, constantly responding to the demands of others, the healings, the meeting of needs, the challenging of corruption and hypocrisy... Jesus just needed a break before the final push to Jerusalem and the cross. There were fewer months of ministry ahead of Jesus than there were behind him. The further they went from Jewish territory, the better the chance was that they would actually get a break. They had walked for about a week, a distance similar to that between Melbourne and Ballarat, including navigating over a mountain range. Spring was starting to blend into summer as they reached the region of Tyre and Sidon. Finding a house to stay in, Jesus and his disciples tried to get some rest. But before they have a chance to catch their breath, a Canaanite woman approached at a distance with desperation in her voice, speaking predominantly Greek but probably with titles of Aramaic, she cried out between sobs and tears, "'Have mercy on me, O Lord, Son of David, "'for my daughter is possessed by a demon "'that torments her severely.'" While she was what seemed to be so distant geographically and culturally to the people of Israel, she instantly caught Jesus' attention with the conversion work that had already taken place in her life. To her, Jesus was not some respected rabbi to whom she was offering a sir in polite conversation. Jesus heard in her cry, saw in her heart a recognition of his role as God's Messiah, the Saviour of the world. But more than just an opportunity to explore matters of faith in this desperate mum, marked by an uneasy response in the disciples, this uh, collision of cultures was a teaching moment that would uncover tainted motives and radical um, prejudices of Jesus' very Jewish disciples. Indeed, as recorded in Luke 4, Jesus was prepared to already provoke a response around with those around him. Jesus was already prepared to acknowledge God's heart for the foreigner. After all, it was Jesus as the pre-incarnate Son of God, along with God the Father and God the Spirit, who sent Elijah to the widow in the very lands of Sidon in order to show the depth and breadth of God's love of uh, God, the God of Israel's love and compassion, by returning this foreign widow's only son back to life. But now Jesus acted just as the disciples would expect a good rabbi to, keeping a distance, not allowing her behavior to distract him. All the while, Jesus monitored both the begging mum and the bigoted disciples. Check your move. And move the disciples did. They were thoroughly unmoved by the plight of the mother, but rather moved by their own plight, moved by their own annoyance, moved by the inconvenience of her begging that created in their life. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Recalling earlier instructions Jesus had given the disciples when he sent them out on mission, it was time to help these same disciples understand this opportunity in the fuller context of Jesus and soon to be their ultimate mission. I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. While she was not one of God's lost sheep of Israel, without the agent of God's intervention, her little girl was surely lost. So rather than going away, this sick mum, this mum sick with concern for her daughter, begs for his mercy on her. Worshipping at Jesus' feet, a sign of humility and recognises Jesus' authority and supremacy over her and the situation. She continues to plead, Lord, help me. Unlike the disciples, Jesus is unperturbed by this development. The disciples, on the other hand, are decidedly uncomfortable with this. Everything inside them cringes and it is time for Jesus to bring to light what is hidden deep within the disciples' heart. Jesus puts into words the, the, the very thing that the disciples were feeling. She belongs to their bitter enemies. She is a worthless dog, undeserving of any mercy, kicker to the curb. Jesus balances the disciples' emotions with his concern, revealing both their prejudice but also Jesus' sensitivity. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. The dogs that Jesus refers to here are not those feral dogs that roam the streets, but rather a little dog, kept tied as a convenient part of daily household life. Something like a four-legged walking rubbish bin. Nothing like a pet pet dog of today, but nor a worthless pest that deserves to be chased from civilization. Jesus' response seeks to expose the mother's commitment to her daughter and at the same time the disciples' contempt. The mother's response is one of wit, humility and faith. That's true Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. You are right, she responds. To you, I should be nothing more than an unworthy little dog. And you are right to have your focus on your own people. I know I am not worthy of being considered anything more than a little dish liquor. But can I please, can I please, have a taste of your mercy for me, for my little girl? Good answer, Jesus replies according to Mark's account. Your faith is great, your request is granted. You know, in the 28 chapters of Matthew's account, of the myriad of healings that take place. It is only this Canaanite woman's, this Canaanite mother's faith that Jesus attributes greatness to. Was Jesus converted by her response? Was there a change wrought in Jesus' life by such an act of faith? I suspect Jesus knew it, but the disciples were now faced with a challenge by these events would they be rendered by this, what would be rendered by this encounter in the lives of Jesus' disciples? You see, God's mercy extends beyond the comfort zone of the us that the disciples had in mind. They needed to shift their thinking from the Matthew 10 of not going to the Gentiles and Samaritans to only going to the lost sheep of Israel. Soon the disciples were going to be commissioned in Matthew 28 to go into all the world, to enter into the world of the dogs and as representatives of the Messiah to willingly respond in Jesus' name to the heartfelt cries of mercy. And over time, the disciples did have their thinking converted. They did go to the dogs They went from Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria to the very ends of the earth and through the passage of time, God's mercy has been passed down to us. Isaiah 59 verses 5 and 6 in the New Living Translation says this, and now the Lord speaks the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honoured me and my God has given me strength. He says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then the disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted and her daughter was instantly healed. What about us today as we look at responding to today's message? As we hear that story echo in our mind, where do we sit as a disciple of Jesus? Who are those undeserving dogs for you? Those people that you recoil from? those people that you turn your nose up to, those people that you look down upon, that you see of less worth, less value, those people that when you see reports in the news, you think they got what they deserved. Who are those undeserving dogs for you? Will you allow God to convert your opinion of them? And will you go and show them God's mercy. We're going to have an opportunity to respond, and I'd invite you to take out those response cards. And as you reflect upon what you've heard and the time that we've had together today, I'd encourage you as the music that is going to be played plays to prayerfully respond to the things that God's saying to you. And during the singing of the final song today, I'll come around, and I'll collect those response cards. But this is God's time. This is God's time with you. How will you respond to the things that God's saying to you today? God bless you.